May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio podcast. I'm DC Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, preserving the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his, and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, as is uh, always the case these days, uh, at least since I've started doing that, uh, Annette Lorenzo. And uh, uh, Annette uh, uh, practiced at the San Francisco Zen Center in this century. And um, she uh, went back to Ohio because she got a, had a uh, problem from falling down in Tassajara. And she'll tell you about that. Uh, and... Um, but uh, she's done a lot of things in her life. They're, they're not even all uh, included in this podcast. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a complete picture of it. You know, she'd just be talking and then she'd say, at one point toward the end, and I think this isn't in it, she said, and, but you know, I'm just a girl from New York. I said, what, New York? You haven't mentioned New York before. Uh, and <laughs> it's, it, she's just all over the place. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> um, she's done a lot of things. Uh, and uh, she's got a lot of energy. And uh, so there she was in Ohio. And, uh, and she's, she uh, started doing online stuff rather energetically. And I got to know her uh, because my wife, Katrinka, uh, kept telling me about Soto Zen Warrior on Instagram. So, uh, you know, there's uh, Instagram Cuke Archives. Uh, so, um, you know, I always see that. And then uh, I noticed uh, that uh, Soto Zen Warrior is uh, reposting some of the Cuke Archives posts and other things uh Suzuki related and and other stuff. It's all pretty neat. So uh, at a certain point, uh, I started uh, writing her, contacting her. Then I said, "Hey, let's do a podcast." So that's what happened. Uh, she's also uh, so uh, she's on uh, Facebook as you know. There, she has one with her, her personal with her name, but she's got another one, uh, Accidental Buddhist on Facebook, and, um, but she calls it uh, Fem Art, or Art Fem. So it's sort of feminism and art. Um, and uh, she's, uh, she's been very interested in, in art, and in art in Buddhism. And um, uh, anyway, you'll hear what she has to say. So, uh, well, that's enough, huh? Um, so, uh, listen, 
after we've had our pause to meditate, let's uh, give her a call. So when you hear the bell, if you have set your mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause, and we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And uh, we'll give Annette Lorenzo a call. Yeah, hi there. Hi. Hi, good to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. What time is it your time? 9 p.m. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Well, thank you for making the call. Yeah, thank you for answering. I was very eager to speak with you. So, what are you up to these days? <laughs> um, well, I'm... I um I have left uh, the the monastery Tassahara, and um, so I'm in solo practice right now and focusing on um, online sangha mm-hmm. and then doing research that I you know I have ideas for it in academic format or also in um just historical format and I um. My master's work was in public administration, and my focus was on um, liberal religion in America. And at that time, I was a Unitarian Universalist, um, uh-huh. doing with my own. I was like the president of my um, fellowship, and then I worked on regional state leadership topics. Hmm. And that got me interested in um, having come from conservative religions. It got me interested in. Um, the different dynamics of the organization styles and their relationship with um, government and regulations. And so I'm kind of doing that with a historical view of Soto Zen Buddhism in America. And it's just an angle that I've always appreciated looking at in regards to, um, you know, religious formulas in America. So I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> You're a good nerd. You're a good nerd. Please, nerd away. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Soto Zen warrior uh, on uh, Instagram is very good. Very good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I um, I see uh, frequently... Uh, you have posts about uh, Suzuki Roshi, and um, you know it's um, anyway. It's well done, well done. Well, thank you. Um, I think that um, you know I should put credit where credit is due. Is because 
your cube archive is just the only pure, you know, um, being able to talk to Zukiroshi and his American influence. And, um, yeah, and so I, I borrow a lot from that. And I see myself continuing with um, following him. I, I, because in some way, I feel like if you know, know um, Zippy Roshi and uh, um, the San Francisco Zen Center um, development, you, you pretty much understand American Buddhism. Huh. So, and I think Roshi, um, because of the books that you wrote and some earlier um, transcribing, if that's the right word, uh, of his material, Yeah, I just think there's a lot of ways to continue to bring him forward. Um, and then you're doing that by doing the Instagram, too. So I feel akin to your formula. Mm. And then um, I do, you know, I do um, appreciate art, both whatever I create or just um, the Buddhist art. And so my Instagram... I think it's three years old now, maybe four. Is and that it right? originally started, yeah, it originally started with me in San Francisco. Just um, um, it was more for my Buddhist art because I I've studied that. I'm like John uh, Dory. Uh, I was at Zen Mountain Monastery for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And cannabis art creativity is an expression of Buddhism. Really caught my eye. And then he co-wrote a number of books that had to deal with Zen art. And so I, hmm. um, when I was at the monastery, I used those books um, because, you know, they have a great library there. So there was great resources. Hmm. And I, uh, so I've been studying, I could just call it a study because um, I, 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 um, I reimagined the historical art pieces. And I just think that visual art is a wonderful way to teach Buddhism. Hmm. But then it just developed into um, more of, it seemed like my post um, for like a year or two then turned into some very strong teaching narratives um, within the pictures. And then it's just become what it's become. But I thank you for um, saying what you're saying. And I'm surprised um, how... I feel like people who are, I feel like people are basically tapped into it. You know, they, the followers are very consistent and I try to, I have, a, I have an approach to how I, um, what goes into the post and then what goes into the stories and the stories is to reach a wider um, network mm. because, you know, Buddhism merges into mindfulness, merges into wellness and, um, and yoga. So anyhow, I could talk forever. <laughs> oh, please do. I yeah. like it. I want to say one thing about uh, Instagram Cuke Archives is that uh, my uh, associate, uh, Peter Ford, does that. Um, and uh, he, he is the managing director of Cuke Archives now, and I'm on special projects. Uh, and uh, he has... has He's the one who's made ChunyuSuzuki.com such a fabulous database of Suzuki's uh, lecture uh, audio and transcripts. I mean, I had I had it, but before he was helping me, I had it there. But he really understands databases and 
and uh, know so much. And, and really, he's upgraded, and he's always upgrading Duke Archives in it. And, you know, it's vast. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to make that clear. Well, but, you know, I, I, I remember at first, um, uh, his, um, it, was, it became um, obvious to me that he was partaking in that, and I follow his work in different mode, modes. So, yeah, I, I, I forgot that, though. And I think that, I think that it is um, because I would like to have something. I feel like you, your cute and the Instagram. I think all that is a full circle online information base where you can go for, you know, these little clips on Instagram, and then cute can go in for study. I mean, deep study, and I mention that a lot. Mm. So I do have a blog, but I haven't integrated it yet, and I hope to have. Um, that and to be honest with you, I you know I have a big ego. Is that I would like to um, the Drudge Report his format. I would love to do that for Soto Zen. You know, I would just to have that type of link. I try to do that. Through. Well, just do what you're doing. You do it. Don't don't do it for anybody else. Just do it yourself. Um, things get done like this by individuals uh-huh. who get into doing it. And um, uh, don't don't put it under any institution. They'll, they'll smother it. Um, I agree because institutions are so, they have their hand in the pot. Your group is so focused. And I do, I hope that I, I hope that I can um, mimic that because I really don't want an institution over me right now. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you know, maybe what you'll do will, will at some point have to become, uh, get some sort of institutional form, and then uh, you'll bring it to where you can, and, uh, you know, and then it'll, you, you'll want to set it up so that it continues. That's, that's a really hard thing to uh, figure out uh, how to do. I, because it's just kind of, um, I just kind of, I, I would not have thought that I would have gone in the direction um, when I first started it to what it is now because I really thought it was going to be a Buddhist art study. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the topic became bigger and then the audience began to have more questions. And so I do believe in just letting it roll. And I, yeah. I do... I do the morning post um, following meditation and study, mm. and I never know what I'm gonna. I never know what I'm gonna study because I pull up Instagram and I follow the different directives. And um, my biggest, uh, I think, thrill is I follow people's um, hashtags, and their hashtags are so educational. And I've taught online for years. And I did an Instagram, Facebook online really early on. And it just, my goal was not to try to have um, like a thousand likes. My goal was to be able to direct people into different levels of study. And so some people just are great with that. And so whatever comes up after I'm sitting, it's, I feel like it's like this online Dharma talk, mini Dharma talk. And I think, you know, I, I think, I mean, I know that you're, because um, I follow you and I 
see that in one of your podcasts, you were being interviewed and you, you talked about how your, your practice has changed, you know, and when you sit and when you don't sit and um, how you keep in connection with America Sangha's. So I think there's a lot of room to grow, and, um, but to keep it pure and simple is, is my hope. But I also know the other day, um, you know, Amazon and Facebook are very aggressive once they see <laughs> that you get a large population base, you know, and so they're offering me this type of business platform and they're offering me to sell this type of thing and I want to run it. I want to continue to think of it as a, as a non-profit type of um, entity. So, and then I was thinking that because I am being um, approached with a lot of different offers right now and I just think that at any time I could pull a, a Forrest Gump and just stop running, you know, for no reason. And um, and that could happen happen with this, too. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's for profit or non-profit. It's just how how it's done. You know, non-profit, you still got to get your money from somewhere. Um, uh, Cuke Archives is non-profit. But, uh, uh, you you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think that um, I really love that the uh, wind bells on there yeah. uh, because it's got such historical information. And if you have an understanding of Sangha, American Sanghas, and Dietrich, and just all of that, um, I think it makes you understand what we're doing today. So I go in there a lot and I read the wind bell. And uh, every Everything and seeing the window is so uncensored. It was a pure. It was a. It, it is a um, dialogue around members, and you don't really have that in America. You, you know. So I think, I think there's a lot to um, to pull from that. You know, you have Suzuki Roshi. You have the window. You know, you have his lectures, and um, and then you have the books. And I'm thinking that that your books um, are sold on Amazon and that. I think I've seen that. And Sure. Uh, you know, they're, you, they're um, you know, Crooked Cucumber is Random House. Uh, and uh, uh, Thank You and Okay is Shambhala was originally Penguin. And uh, they're sold wherever books are sold. And Zen well, is right yeah. now. And Zen is right here. Or uh, Shambhala. Okay, because I was trying to look to see, you know, what 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 publisher you was with that, and I um, recently I've really been trying to focus on, um, you know, Zen classics, and um, yeah, and and so I would like to kind of bring those books as first reads, you know. Um, I know that Zen Monastery is real good with, you know, um, putting the right books in front of people. And there's really, a long time ago, I saw this one publisher of, of Buddhist books that identified first level, second level, third level, fourth, academic. And I think that that's really, um, 
beneficial, especially to those that may, because who really knows how they're introduced to Buddhism? Because I was a yoga teacher, and then I had to learn Tai Chi, and then I was a massage therapist. So those different formats brought me to sitting, brought me to... So what I'm saying is there's so many different avenues, and I think that the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, original, the original um, books, uh, you know, that came out of San Francisco are transferable. And you, you hear the same language being used in all these um, pop culture type of um, circling interest in that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, kind of, I, I think that... Um, with the online presence and knowing how um, different sanghas bring in different people, like the school kids or the college kids. So that's how my content's developed. I want to try to target each one of those groups in some formula during mm-hmm. the week. Mm. But the, and I follow, I mean, there's some real great, um, I, I, yeah, I, there's, um, there's some people on Instagram that are thoroughly um, technicians in it and thoroughly have advanced teachings. I do some advanced teachings once in a while, but that's where I'm thinking a blog will probably be better. But yeah, yeah. But I think there's all levels going on. And so, um, so can you tell me a little bit more how Cuke is? Um, uh, so, so Peter is doing. Uh, so well, he's doing- the, in in terms of of uh, the Instagram, uh, I I did um, uh, you know Shunyu Suzuki lecture excerpts for God I don't uh-huh. know over a decade I've been doing it. I mean it started off before there was a blog. Then Peter kept telling me get a blog, um, and. Uh, uh, you know, I should get blogger. He suggested blogger, so I finally did, and um, so I started off right away doing. Uh, I think, I guess, lecture excerpts. It was a while back, um, but right. I mean, I just continued it on the blog, and then oh, and then the blog became what's new, and I'd had it what's new since I don't know. I started the website at the end of '98. So the oh. what's new started sometime in '99, uh, and uh, and uh, you know then that at, when we got the blog, what's new moved to the blog. If you click what's new on com, you go to the blog. Um, and then when Peter started the Instagram one, that was my wife Katrinka. It was the one that turned me on to you because she does a lot more. Uh, she's a lot more active than I am. I, I am I'm so busy uh, working on my stuff and, and that um, uh, I spend as little time as possible uh, doing anything else. Um, and um, so uh, uh, she kept telling us, "You got to do Instagram. You got to do." And Peter went, "Well, I don't know. You know." I went, "Ah." So we finally did, and it turned out that she was right. Very good. Now she wants us to do a. Pay more attention to Twitter. Uh, well, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 agree. I didn't mean to interrupt you because I really want to know the formula. Is that, um, yeah, I do cross post 
on Twitter really has been a good response. TikTok has surprised me. And TikTok is somewhat um, a little more... Um, I can only do TikTok after I do Instagram because Instagram is my silent morning practice. Uh-huh. And then in the afternoon, in the afternoon I'll go to TikTok. Um, but I, I've gotten into the um, habit of cross-posting, and that just seems to be really beneficial. And now I just want to kind of, I need to advance my skills a little more so that way it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I want to find there, there are different platforms where you can just have all of your um, sites between Facebook and yeah. you know, blog. Yeah. So that's what I think is, would, will be beneficial for growing it. Yeah. Now, um, the, the Instagram post goes to Facebook Cuke Archives. And the 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 um the ones new posts were going to Facebook Cuke Archives. So huh? what uh-huh. we did just recently is that it's is made them the same. So now Peter, I, I just stopped recently doing a lecture uh-huh. excerpt. So Peter's just doing the same excerpt on Instagram and Cuke Archives. Uh, I mean, Cuke What's New. Um, and right. it doesn't go to Facebook anymore because the Instagram one does. And it's much better done. It's got the, a nice picture. And then I'm doing uh, occasional uh, other posts. I'm, I'm actually um, on a... A retreat now to finish Tassara stories. Uh, that's uh, why, and I stopped doing six podcasts a week. I'm only doing one a week. Well, yeah. Well, you know, your wife, your wife, uh, uh, yeah, your wife uh, had sent me a few messages on Instagram, and I was just tickled, uh, you know, that that she did, and um, so that yes, I was really pleased with that. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because, you know, people, you know how they say that we're attracted to likeness and we're attracted to um, things that are going to be with us, like you say, what's new and then what's going forward. So I feel in the collection of uh, media you're using, I think it shows both of that historically, what's new and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and online, you can do that more you know, and you're kind of guiding these people and to how there's however they want to approach the Zen, they it's on there online. And I think that's easier to do than on a brick and mortar type of um sangha. Yeah. And yeah, what I try to yeah. what I try to also do is um I uh, I like to post sangha stories. Um, throughout the world. And I think it, it shows us just how diverse, you know, Soto Zen Buddhism is, and then all the, you know, the different ways people practice, the different ways they uh, honor their altar, the different ways they um, show their need. And that probably has, and it's somewhat of an advertisement for each one of these sanghas that um, I scroll. And so sometimes in the morning, I'm only sc- after my study. I'm scrolling for what's new, who's doing a retreat, who's got a new book. And I think that has really um, complemented study. 
And mm. so um, with that, I, I've gained an international Buddhist audience, which amazes me. It just amazes me because I consider Soto Zen a little niche, and I wasn't expecting um, that type of need. But the only time it has ever sanghas get noticed is through, you know, the hard copy magazines. And mm. there's no real avenue for us to share sangha community. And um, that's and so that's what I think has gardened. Um, has um, given me the why, like the bigger systems like uh, yeah. and Facebook, yeah. Twitter are are attracted to the site because it it's like it looks like just this modest little thing, but because I consider it a global study, it attracts people. That doesn't mean they stay with me forever, but they surely appreciate the shout out. You know, and they're getting people going to their Zoom meetings. And so part of this, I think, is because of, um, you know, the virus we had and everybody was staying in. And all of a sudden, everybody has, you know, a visual, virtual sangha. And yeah. so um, that really has changed the dynamics yeah. of, of, of Buddhism. And yeah. I think, like, yeah. And, and I think that, yeah, and... When I look at Zen, not particularly Soto Zen, um, it's, when you look at that and you look how it's formulated in America, um, it's definitely been very pop cultural driven in many fashions. Yeah. And then there seems to be different directions. And I think San Francisco development, um, I you know, you can follow that where um, I've talked to some old timers and they've talked about the different decisions the board had to make in regards to will it be a study group, will it be a, um, you know, a, more of a media group, will it be a development group, all those different things. Um, so I just think that, you know, it might be boring, but I think, you know, it probably is time to look at, you know, so does Zen Buddhism as an institution in America, yeah. you know, and, and how is it? And that's kind of more of a, a cute type of topic, I think, or because I think that's what's new. You yeah. Know, because any, um, you remember, or I don't know, um, there's a period in America where we had a movement called deinstitutionalization. It's when we took the um, people that were held in large mental health, mental retardation facilities, state facilities, and we brought them into the community. And that was in the 70s, and that was my first job. And so oh, now, me, God, tell me what it was um, called again. Um, it was called deinstitutionalization. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yes, I was very familiar with it, and I was familiar with the uh, work of, what's his name, Thomas Sass? Um, yeah. And um, he wrote a book called, well, I can't remember what it was called, but it was about how it is wrong to hold people against their will if they're not dangerous. Uh, right. And, it, and that and the uh, advent of so many of these new, uh, I don't know what you call them, behavior drugs uh, that help right. people right. adjust to normal society that brought about this enormous 
uh, reduction in the population of the mental hospitals. And I had some involvement with that, too. Uh, well, yeah, it, it was to me, it was um, it was my first job out of college. I was like 20 running a county agency and I was running residential homes. And there where? were people where? in Ohio. Uh-huh. And there's people that probably have our same type of age difference. And that your age group have been my mentors throughout my life. And so I had some really great men- mentors. But through that experience of deinstitutionalization, um, I'm going back to why I think it's important to study how the system of it, because that really taught me how things are developed and all the different players between for-profit, non-profit, between, um, you know, how do you, how does a system, and I think Zen definitely was a movement, is a movement, that it has different regulations it has to apply to. And then that goes back to my study of liberal religions, is that they do not want to follow policy. They do not want to follow regulations. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And then what does it mean that Soto Zen Buddhism has a national association, but it's only for priests? And, and there's, not an organ- <laughs> there's not an organization. And if you cannot really represent novice priest or, or, um, or people coming into a sangha not knowing things, and, you know, as far as what is this organization. So having a live study of the deinstitutionalization movement and watching a movement develop from state to region to community to home base, it, it follows the sangha system. And I just think that, um, I think, after 40 years or 50 or 60 years, an org- a system is due for an organization evaluation. Um, and then again, I'm nerdy, but remember, I believe in, you know, it's always, you know, the individual and the institution and how are those, are those two formed. Mm-hmm. And I'm, con- I'm concerned we don't have a, um, an internal sort of then, um, or, you know, kind of association for the sanghas. Because you see, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, just within domestic terms, it's, it varies so much. And so students sometimes find themselves having to go from one sangha to another sangha and starting all over again. And yet some of the sanghas identify themselves as schools, which require curriculums, which require traditions. So... That might really be weird, David. I don't know, but that's no, I, no, no, no. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm on special projects. I'm I'm going to work on, I'm going to work on the book I'm working on. I'm going to work on creating uh, new material, and uh, um, there is one, th- there there's one thing uh, I I do want to con. Well, there's a number of things I want to continue to. One is editing the audio, the Shunyu Suzuki audio. Uh, I've just started yeah. doing that this year. Um, and uh, it had never been done. And um, anyway, uh, but what were you going to well, ask? How did, how did you start? I mean, because, you know, to me, you're the king of all that. Um, you know, and how did, and so, um, 
this the yearly writing, the books that you did, and then you continue to do that. Um, I don't have that discipline. That requires a really great deal of discipline and and trans and knowing how to transfer information. I don't know how to do that. I'm more I'm you know my material is more sterile. Well, look, so, you know how to do not- plenty. <laughs> What you're doing is good. Just keep following. Just keep doing what, just do what you want to do. Just keep following. You know, I think we need this. I think we need that. You know, you're talking about this Sangha group. Just keep talking about it. And, um, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, stating the need for it. And uh, it'll, it'll come about. Well, thank you. I keep I, the way I keep captioning it in my head is that this would be a great thesis topic. You know, it, you know, it would be. It's worth. It, I think, I, yeah, I think. You know, when you look at the different Buddhist colleges in America, it's you know, it's on liturgy, it's on historical factors, it's, but it's nothing on like the full development of it, and a lot of the early. You know, in, in the ancient writings and the tracking of um, Buddhism, there are there's a lot of talk about the integration between Buddhism and politics. Buddhism oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're missing, I, I think, I think we're missing that. And I think that it's just like, I as an English professor, I would tell my students that you really never know what a book's telling, to, telling you until you know the culture of that time. And I kind of think that with, um, with our photo Zen, because I don't think many people understand the beat generation and how that impacted the development and um, and it all ties together. And when I was at Tafahara, the young men, 20s, you know, um, coming in to, and then sometimes during the summer um, practice period, um, they were so attracted to the poets. You know, mm-hmm. they were attracted, and I thought it's like, um, and there, and some of them were just attracted to the architect, architecture, and so I just think that there's so many different ways that we're not really telling the next generation this whole picture mm-hmm. of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you knew what happened in deinstitutionalization, and remember, Geraldo Rivera did a major video. Uh, video reporting of an institution, and that changed everything. So, yeah. Hmm. So, so you have a book that you're going to be publishing. What? Me? Is that right? Well, I'm just working on Tassahara stories. That's, that's it. I want, I, want to, I want to finish it. Uh, and I've, I've got some other things I'm ramping so, up to. Uh, but... Um, uh, yeah, the, the the number one immediate goal is to finish Tassar stories, and uh, we'll see. Um, is that not like Tassar stories when you were engaged with it, or is it a... Oh, everything, everything. Uh, but it's, uh, the, the, the title, the working title, is Tassar stories, the early years with Shunju Suzuki. Uh, oh, and, good. And it, it focuses on students and on stuff that mm-hmm. happened. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'll, uh, you know, 
Um, I've, I've read every, I've, re- I've written about a hundred pieces for it. Every one of them was read into a podcast. So that's the material I'm working with. Uh, I guess I read them all last year. How are you getting your information out? I mean, because I think that if somebody, if, if there's a clear entrance into, you know, you online, not just your material, but on you, the author, the Buddhist, I, I, somehow I just want to say, well, we need to put you up front in order. Oh, there's, there's tons about me on kook.com. This is absolute enormous amount. There's tons of stuff I've written. Uh, there's tons about me. We don't need more about me. There's a lot about me and thank you and okay. There's some about me in Crooked Cucumber. There's plenty about me in Tassara stories. Uh, uh, yeah. We, um, now, it's, it's maybe um, you don't know where to go for it. Uh, but uh, it's there's an enormous. But see, that's where you're. That's where you're more advanced than I am, because like um, you know, you're you are the type of teacher that I would, you know, I understand the different levels of. of um, I'm what? Of the, I'm I'm what? You're, you're different levels, and you're you're at a different level than I am, and you know, communication. <laughs> often, I, I don't I don't see it that way. <laughs> no, all communication has levels, you know, like there's, like if you take wellness, it's got, you know, the introductory, the, the, you know, the the, nor, the popular stuff, then it has marketing stuff, then it has academic stuff, and then it has, you know, original content, and you're an original content person. And that's, so I'm really interested the, in that, but also, I love, I love doing these guests, uh, podcasts with guests. I mean, Cuke Archives on Cuke.com has material on uh, like 500 people. Uh, wow. I call Cuke Archives uh, preserving the legacy of Shunyu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And it's not just crossed, it's crossed, so it includes you. Uh, you know, it's like this whole phenomena of, um, of this, you know, all the, th- you know, him coming to America. What did he come into? What's come out of that? What were those people into? Right. It's an enormous. Uh, there's some words for it, uh, 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 but I can't remember what they are. Uh, you know, like it's a it's a big thing. Right, he, he's just you, part of it. How do you? Yeah, but that's that's like my thing. That early on in Buddhism, I saw this one publisher who did these different levels of 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 um, content. And knowledge base, and, and so Cuke is this high knowledge base, and it almost, it, it, you know, and so, and and what Instagram is doing for you and you different things is pulling little segments of that archive out, and then it's in a different level of communication, it's in a different, ooh, it's in a different platform, and I'm just saying that, I think that that is useful to, to do, and you're, yeah, and um, because I think. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing, but I'm just saying that I would love to, to, you know, continually see it go to some, you know, stay in Instagram or Twitter or the two sentences that lead them to that. Um, and I think I see that developing in your information base. Um, mm. Mm. And that, that's why I was asking about um, where, where, 
you know, where where is it distributed mostly at, you know, online. And I think that with Amazon, if I did go with their business model and what they're suggesting for me, I think that I want to start with books and I want to start with saying that this is an entry level, this is this, or this focuses on the architect. And then there's a whole avenue that John Dory did with, um, with the arts. You know, there's like 10 probably special areas of, that Cuke has all of them in. You know, and it's like, well, how do we pull that out and how do we direct people exactly to those different topics? Mm. Or, the, or, you know, but just think when you look at tea and calligraphy and um, the physicality of Buddhism. And so there's all these different strains that can go directly, that come from Cuke. That's what I see. And so I'm like, well, how do we just package that and how do we put that into these different categories? And that's marketing. Yeah. And I'm like, I yeah. like, and I marketing, and that's what um, I, I don't think that's um, really available because I think the larger Buddhist institutions, you know, they have a lot of products they're selling. You yeah. Know, a lot of products, whether they're workshops or, you know, futons or whatever. And so I think that um, that's missing in photos and here is that the marketing and even. The hard copies, um, the topics are somewhat sterile, I think, and so judgmental. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I think that Cuke will live on forever. <laughs> you know, I, I see. It will. I, I don't think about market. I don't think about, I try not to know how many people are seeing anything. I, I try not to, I, I just try to <laughs> get it down. And get down what I feel yeah. like doing, and it's not. It's I've never been systematic. Uh, I didn't. Right. I didn't go to. I just went to a little bit of college. You know, uh, I didn't even finish but first year. My friend and I were talking. My friend and I were talking about you, um, and uh, she's an academic too, and she's also you know a practitioner and different things. And we were talking that you're a purist. You know, <laughs> you're. you're, you're so I, you're con- the purest and the, the content is the glory, you know, and, and that's really intelligence and that's really, um, yeah, so, so I don't think uh, an academic background is needed. You definitely offer it. Well, I, sure, I, sure, I, I appreciate academic backgrounds. You know, um, uh, it's just not my forte. Uh, I'm not even a good reader. Uh, uh you know, uh, what is, people assume I've read all this stuff because I've written books. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so was it your relationship with Suzuki that got you so intimate with um, who he was and how to do, how to interpret that and showcase that? Was it is it are you more relationship oriented in regards to what you see? I, oh, I don't know. Are. It's just one thing led to another, and you know. Um, I was, um, I was, I, I, Peter Schneider called me Tassar's newspaper back when we started it, you know. Okay. I mean, and yeah. I, I studied, I was the only, well, no, I wasn't, the, I was the only person living there who was studying the uh, things he was lecturing on in Chinese and Japanese. And I, I went out and 
and took an intensive course in Japanese. And then uh, I I made little, you know, basic sort of translations of everything we chanted and um, uh, did character studies of uh, Genjo Koan and the Fugazi Zingi. Like, I was always studying and doing things uh, there. Uh, and, um, you know, it's just an er, it's just compulsion. Like, I, uh, you know, and so I always do stuff like that. Um, when I was in Japan, I just started writing stuff. Uh, and so it, it just one thing led to another. Uh, like somebody said, to, I got a question in Germany. Uh, I wasn't so much, oh, thank you for your devotion to Suzuki Roshi and blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's not devotion, it's compulsion. Uh, yeah, I you know, understand. Just doing one thing after I another. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that because I worry, I think about that sometimes with, with my online study and how um, I have this desire to, you know, okay, this is what I'm studying and here's what we can study. And, you know, so yeah, I worry about that too. And then sometimes I think, that what has happened is because I do miss uh, the physicality of a sitting sangha, sitting side by side. I, you know, I miss the, um, you know, seven day shishin or, you know, the, you know, just because of what happens on Wednesday, you know, there's just predictable smells and there's predictable uh, mental state. And yeah. so some part of me does think that I'm, I'm trying to replicate that online and, and, and there's, different forms and so I do kind of wonder what my intention is you know and and how do we yeah so yours is a creative process I think mine's a creative process but I think mine is somewhat also a um, emotional process of knowing the benefits of sangha knowing the benefits of seeing faces that you know across the world that are are sitting or that you know how yeah. they do their food and, yeah you know, well, the, you know, the important thing is that that you you did it. You had the experience. You had you've had an experience of practicing with the sangha, of doing sessions, practice periods, stuff like that. So that's important. And I'm not saying you know maybe you can do it again, uh, but um, uh, you know, n- not not everybody's just going to keep living there. Uh, and it's it's like a university. Say, not everybody is going to stay at the university. <laughs> They're going to go out and apply what they learned right. or learn right. other things. Whatever. Hey, I want to ask you some things. Here's what I want to know: is um, so, where were you born? I was born in Buffalo, New York. Ah, describe it again. The uh, type of uh, religion you grew up with. Well, I, um, I, uh, because of my family situation, I was introduced to a lot of religions. So my first formal religion was Catholicism. And when I was um, young, the, the nuns um, somewhat took an interest in me, and they, they, they wanted to make me, like, you know, they told me I had a nun path, you know. But um, so, I, yeah, so I've always been committed to and interested in religion. So it was Catholicism. You know, I did the baptism and all that. And then my family At what age? What, starting oh, at what, what age? Well, I was born into Catholicism. Oh, yeah, okay. I was born. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. And then my family, my mother, 
uh, married a farm boy from Ohio. So we wound up in Cowtown, USA, and everybody was like Church of Christ. And so that's, so then I was baptized in Church of Christ, and Church of Christ was my first formal, um, was where I took my first formal role, and I was like the treasurer of that. And then from Church of Christ, I was going to go to a fundamental um, college, but I wound up going to a Swedenborg philosophy college. Or Swedenborg, wow. Um, wow. Right? Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnny Appleseed was a Swedenborganist. Exactly. That's right. And we have the Johnny Appleseed Museum. Ha ha. So, yeah, so that was really a great um, mode. And then I went, and this sounds like a weird term, then um, from, from that undergraduate work, um, S was real popular. And so then S That's a jump. came into me. That's a it jump. It was a jump. And I was afraid, you know, I was still connected to Church of Christ Centenary, you know, and then but the um, screen board allowed me to open up my thought. And so a lot of my friends who were somewhat wealthy friends, you know, we drive from this little cow town to Cincinnati every week or so. And so I got involved in S, and S really introduced me to things that brought me to Buddhism. But you know that uh, Warner Earhart was sold everything from Buddhism. So that's why it was an easy, um, you know, entry into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I wound up... Um, then I wound up uh, being um, a Unitarian Universalist. I raised my I raised my children as as Unitarian Universalist, and that's where I was the president and on regional and state boards and that because I'm a systems person. But the Unitarian Universalist group was very good for me, and I wanted to raise my children in a theology or philosophy where the biggest thing was just to ask questions. Because yeah. Every um, religion that I was introduced to thought their way was the only way, and I right. wanted my children to know there was many ways. Yeah. And then again, um, and then that, that from there I went into you know yoga, and I went into massage therapy, I went into tai chi, and that that just kept leading me towards this Asian philosophy, and that's how Buddhism just became a major. Um, uh, thing for me, and it just so it wasn't anything intentional. It's just that I've always had a need for um, some spiritual and somewhat non-logical um, thinking and guidance in my life. But I couldn't take it. I think I've always had concern about institutionalization of religion and internal thought. So I've always been somewhat cautious. But in Buddhism my um, attention was given to the fact that it was like this endless well of, of teachings. And, you know, just the fact that geographically, it, it, you know, India and China and Japan and, you know, all these different um, cultures. And I, I think it's endless. I think that, you know, I could sit and, you know, so a rock a and have many moments and then it goes into this macro thing. And I do believe that there's a reason why Buddhism has drawn the attention of so much of America, because there, there's this freedom to think, and there's this freedom to look for deeper knowledge. I mean, the concentration on uh, ancestors and their knowledge is something that we don't have in our culture. 
And mm. I think the rituals are just, the rituals are just so dynamic. I remember um, just living through a few of those ceremonies at San Francisco Zen Center with Suzuki Roshi's picture up there on the mantle, and we're we're doing these chants to ancestors. And my grandmother turned turned up the instead of Suzuki's picture, I saw my grandmother, and just you know how many you know how many sensations do we have like that that can bring us and studying one ancestor to get to know our own. So mm-hmm. my ancestral home is Puerto Rico and Portugal's. Portugal, Port- Port- I could never say that, Portugal. So on my family side is from um, Portuguese, and my mother's side is from Puerto Rico. And the name wow, of cool. Comes- Are you saying your yeah. father's side is Portuguese and your mother's side is yes. Puerto Rico? Right. Oh, right. wow, that's so, neat. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I didn't really really understand that because like when I was um, in Buffalo, you know, people in Buffalo are more familiar with Indians, so people thought I was always asking if I was Indians. I came to the Midwest, and everybody just thought I was black, and so I learned early on that whatever region, whatever region I was in, the minority that was the dominant minority, that's who they thought I was. So um, yeah, and. So I've really had to be, um, yeah, sometimes it's not good when you know things too early in your life. They can overwhelm you, but I was lucky in mm. a lot of fashions that I've had good people in my life. So, yeah, so that that's my story. It's very um, multicultural, um, very different religions, and I think I've benefited from those different religions because in the negative, religion is a device to separate and then the positive, religion is a way to unite with yourself. Yeah. And I know that I've, I've just started tutoring um, virt, uh, virtually online. And so I have all these interesting people from elementary to MBA to doctor people that I tutor. Yeah, you exactly, uh, yeah I know you had a lot of extra time. You didn't know what to do, so you decided to start tutoring. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm rebuilding a life. You know, how do you... Uh, how do you live forward for the moment? I just yeah. think it's important for me to. Um, uh, really, I did a double take when you said that. When you said start doing it, I went, oh my God, when do you get time to do that? But um, yeah. that, that's like they say, if you want to, I, I really noticed this. I was starting to get a drink about it. You know, uh, you know, if you if you want something done, find a busy person. <laughs> so often. Right, true. and the thing is that I'm pretty much. You know, um, my life's always been busy. Some uh, this one fellow that I used to date, great guy, but he uh, he was a little older and wiser. And he said that um, that when he sees me, he sees a race car driver. You know, and <laughs> his jacket has like all these sponsors. And he said that's what my life is like. But I'm really paring it down. My key is, I think that uh, online. Um, teaching living is really worth that. And um, the exposure that I have to people through that, I'm really grateful for. But I really monitor. I only allow myself to, um, to monitor, to tutor like four people at a time. Mm-hmm. And the That's group really that I'm nice. with is a typical institution. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I think I'm building. Yeah. And that gives you, so, uh, you know, and it gives you a, a direct one-on-one relationship with some people that way. That's nice. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And so you're going to continue doing what you're doing, right? And you're going into the future with all these new modalities and you're bringing people with you, you know, and I think it's important that you recognize, David, that you have a legacy that you're taking care of and not just your own, but that of a whole generation. And so how do you make sure that, you know, I definitely caught my attention, you know, um, but your age group has always been my teachers. And then how do we continue to show that to this new generation who thinks that their ideas are all new and better, but (laughs) you know, it still comes from history. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm just really grateful that you were even spending time with me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I am. Oh, I no, the feelings mutual. That feelings mutual. Um, Mm, yeah, indeed. And I hear that you you haven't been back to America for a while. Yeah, I haven't been back since we left in 2013. Uh, wow. Katrinka just landed today in Seattle. And um, let's see, you're in, you're in, she's six. When a few hours, uh, her daughter-in-law will be driving her to Bandon, Oregon. Oh, no, she's in uh, Eugene. She flew from Seattle to Eugene and spent the night there. She went from uh, Denpasar to Taipei to Seattle. That was all. And, and and then to Eugene. That was all continuous, right? <laughs> That's a lot of fun. And, and then she she got a, a place in Eugene, you know, at the airport hotel and slept and then Right. I think her daughter-in-law picked her up, and they they stayed together. And then, uh, in a few hours, uh, Dakota, her daughter-in-law, will be driving her uh-huh. to Bandon. Uh-huh. Little, and then she'll be there a month, and then she'll go uh, hang out with uh, my younger son and our other two grandchildren. Um, yeah, and so that's true. I haven't been back. No, so you have grants. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, though, you said that um, I'm kind of taking you all over the map, but as you talk, I think, oh, yeah, don't forget to ask. So so you kind of famously gave up priesthood. Well, not really. You know, being a Soto Zen priest is, it depends, you know, it's like having a driver's license uh, uh, and not driving. (laughs) <laughs> they have a name for I, that in yeah. Japan. They call it paper driver. Paper doraiba. Paper driver. Uh, so I'm a paper priest. I know Catholic priests that are very much the same. They don't, you know, really have a church. and They do individual study or they're artists. Well, see, that's because I'm one of them. You know, I, I think that's my venue, and so I'm interested in that, but... You were given priesthood, and I think like in six years um, of your practice, and that's kind of like, like calculated. And then, um, you know, they, almost every reading identifies that then you you you, you stopped, you, however they word it. Um, but the thing is, is that you continue being a teacher, and in some ways you probably have students that... Um, that respond to you as a teacher, and I just think that's very interesting. Well, um, I don't have any you- students, and I don't think of myself as a teacher. You, you know, I got ordained 
because it was something to do with Suzuki Roshi. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't really, I mean, Rev would, would try to tell me, you know, you have to be responsible now. You have to be an example. And uh, uh, what I say is um, he might as well have been talking to the wall. Uh, and, you know, at a certain point, I realized uh, I really didn't want to wear robes anymore. And, uh, but uh, it was great. I loved it. I loved it. And right. I don't really, you know, like I do retreats here, and I had a little robe made, and I wear my rock suit. That's what I've done Vipassana retreats, and I've done uh, like a local semi-Vipassana retreats with the Bali uh, Balinese teacher. He's really great. I really like him. Uh, yeah, I heard I heard that, and I was. Uh, I think that's good. I think um, knowing other forms of Buddhism and being involved. My first um, residency was in Yellow Springs, Ohio, and there was Vipassana, Vajrayana, and Zen. So for three and a half years, I practiced all three of them, and then. Um, I wound up going to um, Robert Agan's um, group a little, you know, because our teacher day, uh, came from that. And yeah, Did you go to Hawaii? Hawaii? No, I didn't go to Hawaii. I had been, I had, um, uh, one time I wanted to go to Hawaii because I, wa- I, I had um, gone to Vermont after I stopped being a professor and I... Um, went to the University of Vermont and I studied um, biodynamic farming and um, food systems and so I wanted to go to Hawaii and be with the artist who has a farm and then I wanted to go to Atkins um, but then I wound up getting sideways and I went to Green Gold. Yeah, I even got a job offer for farming in Hawaii. I, I got a job offer to farm in Hawaii so at one time that was going to be my next step. But then I wound up, um, Vermont had a connection to Green Gulch. Oh. So Vermont had, Vermont had a connection to Green Gulch because the um, program uh, is related to Santa Cruz. Oh. And Santa Cruz had the same, Santa Cruz had the same um, uh, influences from the same men of that generation. And so that's what, and and so at Vermont, they gave me, oh, the book, oh, it's a famous little farm book from uh, Green Gold, and they gave me that book, and then they introduced me to the one from Green Gold, and so I'm not remember, Wendy. Wendy Wendy Johnson, yeah. Exactly. So um, they said, go go to uh, Green Gold and do their farming because you're a Buddhist, because I was being, I was on studying with Vermont um, Buddhist uh, group there, and so I just got redirected. And then when I was in San Francisco, I continued to talk to Hawaii, and I continued to get um, information. And I know, like two years ago, before I left San Francisco Zen Center, I was then again talking to uh, uh, Robert Aitken's group in Hawaii because I thought smaller sangha would be good for me. But now I'm, you know, I'm kind of. Um, disrobed, if you will, you know. Um, but I do miss, like I say, I miss um, I miss the monast- monastic life of being in robes from da- dusk to dawn and yeah. you know, all that stuff. 
But you're you're right. I'm I had it. Um, what what year did you first come to San Francisco Zen Center? Was that through the farming thing? Was that when it started? Um, I first came to, and I think it was because um, I, I was I think I left being a professor like 2007. Uh, so I think I, I think I got to Green Gulch about uh, 2012. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because I yeah because in Vermont. I went from the University of Vermont um, biodynamic food system um, uh, certificate program, and then I stayed in Vermont, and I had a microgreens um, house, and I uh, microgreen house, and I sold microgreens to Burlington wealthy businesses and things like that. So I, you know, so I have a lot connected with Buddhism and their structure as far as ecology and the SARS food systems and being, you know, most of the modern day food system beliefs is about eating locally and knowing where your food comes from is very Buddhist. You know, we say our chant, our meal chant, and it's exactly what we were teaching at University of Vermont. So in very many different ways, um, it was just the natural place to go. Yeah. 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 Mm. Kind of odd, but yeah, I'm glad I did it. Glad I did it. We had some organic farmers from uh, Vermont staying with us here uh, really? a few months ago. And uh, I've got uh, very close friends here that are have a home in Vermont, and the wife is there. I'll, I'll talk to you later about all of them. I, I, I don't want to bring up a new subject, uh, but you might know I some know, of those people. Huh? I know. I feel like we could go forever. You know, it's like yeah. either I, I wish Visualizing us either at a restaurant or at a bar, and we're just, you know, doing our thing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I'm really grateful for it. And um, yeah, and because you know, in some way, it sounds like you were kind of a maverick of independence with a collective group who stayed within. You know, I mean, some of those priests that you're talking about are still active and still leading and still bringing in new people. And so you're just yeah. on a different, you're just, you know, your, um, your influence is, is your way. And I think that's what's happening with me. I hope, I hope I can have some, yeah. It's, Cause once it's in you, it's in you, I think. Uh, oh, that's how no, Suzuki said, Oh, this is one of the chapters in Tatsahara stories is about okay. uh, Suzuki's talk on once the eyes of Buddhism get on you, you, you can't get away from them. And I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I do, and you know, yeah, yeah. And so, did you have? Um, so you were raised Catholic, right? No, not at all. Uh, no, uh, more like I, uh, New Thought Christianity, sort of like cosmic consciousness, uh, um, mind only. Uh, um, you know, mind is perfect. You know. You know Christian science is out of new thought. Uh, the Church of Religious Science. Uh, there's right. many, many types uh, of new thought. But so, so Buddhism wasn't, huh? Jenna, you, you also hear you talk to somebody about psychedelics. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's always like, oh, talk yeah. about psychedelics. <laughs> Good Lord, uh, and that's really big these days. Hey, I want to say one thing. Yeah. You, you mentioned Santa Cruz. Of course, right. 
Uh, today on uh, com, I put on what's new uh, that Paul Lee died. And Paul oh, Lee was the uh, key person uh, at UC Santa Cruz uh, that, who, who promoted Alan Chadwick, uh, who got Alan right. Ch- Chadwick there, uh, who uh, is was... He and Richard Baker, he was one of Richard Baker's closest friends. I can think of two others that close. Uh-huh. Uh, and he died at 91. I've done, I did a podcast with him. But um, if you go to that on uh, What's New and look and uh, just see all this stuff there is about Paul Lee. Uh, hey, one, okay. thing, one thing I did is I contacted Peter Ford and said, uh, hey, and take take um, let let's get Paul's website. We take websites. We we just get old websites. Okay. Uh, his Ecotopia dot okay. org is great. And then Peter said, said it. And he said, I think we've already got it. He said, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, uh, Paul Lee was a great person, uh, and um, uh, theologian. Uh, Environmentalist, uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah. defender of the homeless, uh, promoter of uh, organic gardening, and uh, uh, really into chickens. He and Paige Smith, uh, the yeah. uh, great historian at UC Santa Cruz, uh, very famous uh, historian on American history. He, Paige and Paul both resigned from... Uh, you see, Santa Cruz. I think it was uh, when she, you, when Alan Chadwick, the gardener, uh, had a falling out with the administration. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. But they still remain the um, go-to supreme uh, university when it comes to uh, training organic farmers and biodynamics, and yeah, uh, they still. There's still, it's in Vermont just wants University of Vermont craves to be, and they're kind of a sister program, but it's a small world when you think about it, when you get into Buddhism and the connections. Yeah. And yeah. Well, thank you for letting me know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew Alan. Uh, I met him in 67. He came to Tassajara okay. when we first got it, and uh, Richard Baker asked him to start the gardens at Tassajara. He was just starting the gardens at UC Santa Cruz. He couldn't do that. But uh, uh, I hear you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I introduced myself to him. Uh, uh, you know, he was a Shakespearean actor. I think Paul called him a failed Shakespearean actor. Anyway, I went up to him at the pool and I said, "Mr. Chadwick." He said, "Yes." I said, "My name is David Chadwick." He went. He stood up. He said, well, then certainly, sir, we are related. Uh, and I, I was work leader at Green Gulch when he, he uh, came there to start the gardens. Um, and uh, uh, he lasted uh, like a year. And, uh, you know, Dick uh, Baker uh, just, you know, kept him there as long as he could. But Alan... Uh, you know, he's a good guy to start something, but uh, he'll drive administration crazy, you know. Right, uh, right. Uh, 
So uh, he died at Green Gulch, too. Um, anyway, yeah. um, cool. so you were at Zen Center from 2012 till? 2019. Yeah, and why did you make your move then from the West Coast back to, are you in Ohio uh-huh. again? Yes, I am. I know. It's like, <laughs> um, so I, um, you know, those um, early morning uh, bells at Tassajara yeah. um, in the weather, I uh, fell and I injured myself. And so I had to leave. And I'm still in physical therapy for that. And um, it has impaired my walking and it's impaired my what do they call it? Vertigo. So oh. I just have a lot. I just have a lot of sensations that wasn't conducive to that environment. Um, but did you fall down doing the wake up bell? Well, I, I no, no. I used to love doing the wake up bell, right? Running through that bell. Like, oh yeah, me no, too. No, I. Uh, my, yeah, I used to love it. But um, it was a time when I was working. Um, uh, it was during the summer, what do they call it? The morning, the bag lunch, right? Yeah. And it was a new group, and not everybody knew what they were doing. And I, and, you know, I I wound up uh, getting up early, earlier than the bell, and um, set things up for us. And in doing that, I was in the um, lower barn, and uh, the upper barn, and on the uh, side of the creek. And the door and the patio had a great, like, defect in not meeting each other. And I was, I went out and um, I fell down and I just, um, and the, you know, it's pitch dark, you know how it is. And I just fell right down. My legs just collapsed on me. Um, and then, and when I thought I was getting better, it happened again. And this time it was on the second roll down. And you know how that's everybody's. You know, let's run to let's run to the Zendo. Roll down. You you should be in the Zendo when that happens. Well, I I know, but I had already been bag lunch. You know what I mean. And then I was going there, but then I got um, run over by all these big people because it seems like the men there are gigantic, and I fell again. So um, I am doing better. I'm not walking without a cane anymore. Um, no, I just you're have- you're walking. You're not walking with a cane anymore. Right, right. That's gone. And the only thing that really is dominant is the vertigo where I... Um, Describe yeah, it. Is, Describe um, your vertigo. Well, the vertigo is that um, my... Well, my vertigo is, is that... Um, so, I, you know, I live in a pretty big house that has a lot of edges. And even though I walk in the same vicinity, I get dizzy just turning a corner, and it feels like the walls are coming out at me. And the doctors are saying that I don't, um, is that there's something that goes down with my eyes. It's like I'm afraid to look down. I have to constantly be looking forward. I'm just like looking straight ahead, and I'm not, my eyes and my legs aren't going, in the, you know, yeah, so I seem to walk into walls. And I seem to, um, if I turn around, <laughs> pardon me. If I turn around, I, oh, just imagine me in Kenhan, you know. <laughs> I just was dangerous. Now, now, I want to go back go to this where your eyes are. Mm-hmm. You're, say it again. 
You you were looking down and you should look forward, or you were looking forward and you should look down, or what? Well, it's just that my body and my visual isn't connected together. Oh. It's, um, I constantly, um, I can, you know, we work a lot on um, physical therapy because my body's just gotten so tense and so nervous. And so um, I have drills right now for the vertigo where, you know, I have to keep something in front of me and then I have to move my head at different sequences and then try to see if I get dizzy or when or then they make me sit down and then they make me get up without any assistance. And then I, I kind of, you know, look like I'm drunk, you know? Um, yeah. And so they make, and so they make me do a lot of exercises and a lot of it makes it feel like you're taking a sobriety test, you know, like touch your nose and then walk backwards and all that. Um, yeah. Well, let me guess, powers. let me guess. Uh-huh. Um, I'm guessing you're 67. No, I'm younger. Not much younger, but I'm younger. Uh, well, just because you said you were 20 years old when you were doing that work with uh, deinstitutionalization. Right, I yeah. That yeah, was like mid 70s is when I became aware of that. Yeah, well, I graduated from college in '79, and then I went right from college because uh, I graduated in three years. I went right from college. And I started college at the age of like 17 or 16. Um, uh-huh. And I started, yeah, so I, um, yeah, and, and where are we going with this? Oh, so, um, and then, yeah, so I was kind of the baby in the Ohio State and then the national realm. You know, I, oh. I was just, so no, I'm, I'm, how old am I? I'm 64. 64, huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and the reason why I said, your group has always been ahead of me as I was raised on the cusp of Buffalo University. And uh, so their, their students were our um, teachers, you know, subs, and they would train there. And so I really just, I, I think that I'm really aware of your age group's culture because it dominated our, our neighborhood and it dominated our schools. Mm. So I think that I feel like I'm, I, well, I feel for I've been overshadowed by your age group, but I do feel um, very familiar with it. Maybe I sound older. I don't know. No, you don't. You sound younger. You sound very young. Well, yeah. That could be called. That could be called immaturity. I oh, baloney. No, no, no. I'm I'm very happy with. with yeah. Um, my. I'm very happy. I'm very, I, um, I remember telling Ed, who was my teacher, my Ed, Ed you know, the abbot, um, he was also my teacher, and I remember him telling him during one ceremony, I know it was a ceremony where you had to ask a question and, you know, he would answer it, and I um, said that I'm just, you know, I have great compassion for myself, but I overwhelm myself. And he just started laughing because he knew what I was saying, and so... I think in some ways I still, um, I get, you know, I'd love to do things. And that's probably what makes me sound kind of younger. Because I still, yeah, I mean, I want to do everything. And yeah, I, good. My eyes, good. My keep, eyes keep doing it. Like I say, my uh, my master's was worth on liberal religion. And, um, I, you know, I do hope that I, at some point I can do, a, you know, an academic-worthy peer-reviewed article on uh, Southern Buddhism. In your material, I'll be, I'll be referencing a lot. So hmm. I, I hope that 
I hope that um, we can keep in contact. Oh, and definitely, whatever, definitely. Okay, and whatever, whatever I gather from you, either directly or indirectly, it will show up on my my screen because I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful that uh, I've been able to have this online sangha and it's connecting me with you, and I get to just, I get to decide where it's going to go and. I do mm. hope one. I do. I do want to sit to Shane sometime this year, even if I have to. Even if I have to sit in a chair, I do. I want that feeling of a seven day or something like that. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter. You know, just sit any way you can. I mean, uh, don't think of the sitting as the important thing. Uh, uh, it's good to have some. Period. Uh, I like to start the day with it. Uh, uh, well, after yeah. I have some hot water and maybe clean up the kitchen a little, of uh, just not moving and uh, just being still, just being still. Uh, that's all in whatever way you can. You know. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah, 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 and it is. Um you know, like when you mentioned about doing the kitchen, I swear that in the morning, my body is like a toss a heart cleaning up the coffee area. Do you remember that in the morning? Everyone yeah. would run to the coffee and yeah, yeah, and you know, it just it reminds me of you know, or being up early in the morning to make breakfast. Yeah, a lot of times it's like I feel I feel my body is moving in the way that you do. And it's different when you're in practice, especially when you're in that cluster. Yeah. And so I do think I do think that I have enough sense, natural senses in the practice that come back, like you say, with stillness or, or how we do our morning routine. And I so so yeah. Um, and then I know that one of my sites I talk of I show visuals about um, home altars and. You know, trying to show people that they everybody has a home altar when you look at the family collection of pictures. And yes, yeah, so I think everything—the stillness and the the routines—that um, yeah, they're right there with you once you then you know tapped by Buddhism, it stays with you. Yeah, and it allows you to be who you are because you're an original, right? You know, you're an well. Original. We're all originals. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, is that you know some people are really good at being in institutions, you know, and and you know supporting that large formal body, and then some the forest monks, you know, that type of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, uh, I want to go back to this. Um, there is there is nothing that can get in the way of your practicing zazen. Uh, you know, all you have okay. to do is be alive. <laughs> I mean, if um, no matter what the problem is, it's just you with that problem. Uh, but um, I was just reading a great thing Shanti Davis said. Uh, it was like, you know, uh, who, wrote, who wrote the Guide to Being a Bodhisattva or whatever it's called. Uh, uh-huh. And he said, um, and I really liked what he said because he really put himself in 
he, he really described himself in a way that everybody could relate to. He said, you know, when I get uh, right. uh, deluded thoughts about this or that, blah, 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 I become still as a piece of wood. And then it, there were like four verses like that, every one, last, time, last one. And every one of them was talking about, uh, you know, uh, your, your mind getting uh, into lower places or distracted or being petty or egotistical. So here's this great teacher saying, when that happens to me, I become still like a piece of wood. So I really like that because he didn't put himself above others. Uh, he put himself square where others were and just said, uh, here, here's what you do. I really like that. Well, um, we've come a long way. Uh, uh, now I know more about you than Soto Zen Warrior. <laughs> and yeah, right. <laughs> your Insta- yeah. So it's, it's uh, how's it written? Instagram Soto Zen Warrior. Neat name. Um, yeah. And um, well, are yeah. you on any other? Uh, you're not on Facebook as Soto Zen Warrior. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm on Facebook as Accidental Buddhist um, because my post transferred there. And then oh, I have my own. Oh, you're Accidental Buddhist. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and then I have my own Facebook type of thing. So I'm pretty much on all of them. But um, Instagram is really my my sangha place. But the reason why I chose the warrior is because I think of all the ancient positions and hierarchy, I felt that I was more of the warrior class than anything else. Hmm. All right. So well, I should let you go to sleep. And, yeah. Um, thank you for this. I feel like I've gotten to know you better, not as intimidated as you might think. <laughs> so thank you. And hopefully, hopefully we'll cross paths and, and, I'll get to know some of your people. You'll get to know some of mine. And I support you 100% in what you're doing. Well, uh, the feeling's mutual. I'm really happy we got to talk. And I got to know know you better. And uh, so we'll be seeing more of you. Uh, Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in good company. Thank you. (laughs) Well, enjoy your, your sleep and your quiet time alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna go rake the leaves. <laughs> go rake the All leaves, right. yeah. I do that in the I'm morning. Go, yeah, it's beautiful. All right, well thank you for this and, and we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. My okay. pleasure. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye, David. Bye bye. So thank you very much, Annette Lorenzo. That's quite uh quite interesting there. I'll be following you on uh, Soto Zen Warrior on Instagram and um, see what uh, you do and whatever else you do. Uh, who knows what you're going to get into. Uh, and I'm sure you'll put a lot of energy, a lot of good energy into it. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast. I'm DC, Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Coming to you from Sleepy Senor with Doggy Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.